Hey there, Ralph Garman here. Thanks so much for checking out this free edition of The Ralph Report. If you like what you hear, do me a favor. Subscribe to The Ralph Report so we can put some fun in your ears five days a week. And you can listen for as little as $3 a month. So subscribe today so you don't miss out on any of the fun. Go to patreon.com slash The Ralph Report and sign up. Welcome to The Ralph Report with Ralph Garman. Well, hello there, boys and girls. Welcome to The Ralph Report. Pleasure to have you joining us today. It is Wednesday, May 22nd, and I'm your old podcast pal, Ralph Garman. Sitting across from me here in the Batcave is the vice host himself, Mr. Eddie Pence. Hey, everybody. Got a good show for you kids today. It's jam-packed. We're going to have to get right to it. No time to talk about Eddie Pence and his safety pins. <laughs> I get fan mail hardly ever. Yeah, you got, got some him. today. I finally got some from Jana Bond. Yes. <laughs> she sent me two paper or uh, safety pins. Safety pins. Because Eddie said, <laughs> I've never had a safety pin. <laughs> I don't need it's them. gross. <laughs> now he's got safety now pins. Now I got two. You see? Thank you, Jana. Thank thanks, you for that. Thanks, Bond, Jana Bond. Good show today. It is Wednesday. Uh, oh, what is Wednesday? Uh, one Hit Wonder. You're goddamn right! We'll be getting to one of your all-time favorite top hit songs from artists we didn't hear much from after that. <laughs> also today, because we've been gone for a while, I thought it'd be fun to play a little game for some fabulous cash and prizes. Ooh. Cash not included. We're going to have Eddie Pence play for one of you today in the Garmy Game Show to see if you guys can uh, win some swag here from the vaults of the Ralph Report. That should be a good one. A lot of entertainment news coming up. Uh, all the usual stuff, including hearing from you, the Garmy, the way we like to kick off the show. As you know, you can reach us anytime you want via email at ralph at the ralphreport.com or Steve or Eddie at that same email address or... You can leave us a voicemail message 24 hours a day, seven days a week at the Ralph Report hotline. That phone number, 1-833-HI-RALPH. <laughs> Love to hear from you. I listen to every single phone call. And then what I do is I grab a handful of my favorites and we throw them here at the top of the show into a segment called Garmy on the Line. The telephone is ringing. As you know, here on the Ralph Report, uh, we save lives. We're able to cure illness. Oh, that's right. We do. We yeah. do that. Yeah, I forgot. Uh, we can save small animals. I've saved a goldfish. That's right. And now it turns out, Eddie, we also have control over the weather. Get out. So congratulations to us. Steve from Buffalo, New York, called in. Hey, guys. It's Steve from Buffalo. Um, I'm not going to say I didn't miss you all, but I, I, I really did love the updates and everything. But no joke. Saw Ralph Report downloaded this morning. I started driving to work, and the sun actually came out in Buffalo. So I just want to say thank you very much. LMB. We made wow. the sun come out in Buffalo, New York. That's a minor miracle. You know how rare that is? It's super rare. Yeah, you're welcome, Steve. <laughs> now, now if the Bills could win a game. <laughs> oh, snap. What? No, you didn't. I did. Yeah. Speaking of football, <laughs> really quick, I, I know I don't talk baseball. I don't talk basketball. I talk a little bit of hockey. 
but I'm a hardcore uh, NFL fan, and I wanted to give a quick shout-out, not that he'll ever hear it, but to Chris Long from the Philadelphia Eagles, retired this week. Yeah, he's a, I, he was a good player. Great player. Yeah. Played with the Patriots for many years and then uh, came to the Eagles during their Super Bowl season and was just a great humanitarian, too. Did a lot of good work with uh, providing fresh water to places that didn't have any. Yeah, very socially active. Donated his entire salary. The Eagles, the Eagles that season. Run. Yeah, that's yeah. great to charity so he was a good dude and he's decided to uh, pack it in after 11 seasons I, think. I forgot he was in the league that long yeah I didn't, was, long I didn't think he was in the league that long kid of course of Howie Long yeah. the famous NFLer and drafted by the drafted by the Rams played there for a while then the Patriots and the Eagles he's been around for a while so congratulations to Chris Long Michelle also called in yesterday we were talking about the fact that Eddie Pence got a brand new toilet <laughs> and I suggested he just installed himself I've uh, done that, and I said I was yeah. able to find out the method for, by which you do that. And really, once you turn off the water, that's the hardest part, yeah. really. The rest is just, uh, well, you got to empty it out. I mean, it's a pain in the ass, yeah. but you can do it. And it's gross. And not really. You don't it's poop gross. in it before you take well, it out. <laughs> the, the wax ring, the sealant, maybe be a little corroded. It's got some oh. gunk around it, oh. but you just clean that up. Mm. Uh, anyway, the reason I was able to do that is because I used YouTube, yes. and I was trying to say that there's nothing you can't do with the uh, the fix-it tips you get from YouTube, and Michelle agrees. Hey, Ralph. It's Michelle Asheville, four-star general. Um, just uh, thank God you guys are back on the air. Woo um, luckily, I was out of town while you guys were out of town, so that worked out great. Um, but I wanted to comment on the YouTube can do fix it videos. Those things are amazing. They have saved me countless money and repair and time waiting. And as a gal who lives out in the woods by herself, things crop up all the time. I did fix my mom's toilet last week, thanks to YouTube. Um, so you can tell Eddie that he should uh, give it a try. It's not as hard uh, as it seems. Right. Yep, it's great. Uh, I can't recommend it enough. If you're, especially if you're a gal, give it a try. Anybody can fix anything. It's a racket. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Michelle living out there in the woods by herself, she's by the way. She's got to. I, I'm concerned for Michelle. At least she has Wi-Fi. Someone check on her. Make sure she's okay. Well, that, she, that worries me. She watches the how-to video on how to survive in the wilderness. That's right. She's fine. She's, she's Bear, right. Maybe Bear Grylls has a series <laughs> on YouTube. Eddie, you got to strap on that tool belt and I start will. fixing stuff around the Just house. Just not toilets. I don't want to do toilets. Via YouTube. But yeah, that's what the internet should be about is fix it videos. That's all it should really be. I think that's this may thing. be a new segment on the Ralph where maybe once a week we could uh, break down a, uh, a particularly interesting you how-to video. How-to video. That'd be, That'd be cool, right? Yeah, we should do that. I bet there's some weird ones out there. <laughs> I'll do a little research. <laughs> we'll get back to it. Speaking of things Eddie should do... <laughs> One of them is eat haggis. I think we can oh, all agree oh, on that. Oh. I know Leanne does. Hi, Ralph. Leanne here. Just wanted to say, first of all, welcome back. Uh, it's great having you. We've really missed you. Um, second, you are goddamn right about haggis. Oh, that stuff is so good. Mm -hmm. We went to Scotland in October, and if someone would have told me that I would have fell in love with haggis and eaten it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, I'd have called them a liar until I got to Scotland and right. said, well, guess I got to try it. Blown away. You're absolutely right. Keep talking about the haggis, and we definitely got to make Eddie eat it. I think he's going to like it. Mm. Love you. Mean it. Bye. I think mm. he'll like it too, Leanne. I will continue to fly the haggis flag for sure. <laughs> 
But we do have a live event coming up on June 15th. That's all I'm saying. Gross. There must be some place to get some haggis the, here in the no, Southlands. Probably, probably unavailable. I would, I'm, sure. I'm sure there's a uh, too expensive there's import. a wee Scottish specialty store somewhere on Ventura Boulevard where you can get some fresh haggis and then we'll cook it up for you. And you too will be a happy camper. It depends. <laughs> can Carrie cook haggis? Has she cooked haggis before? I don't think it's that hard to cook. Oh, I don't know. I think you just get it. You just scrape up off the ground, <laughs> stick it in intestines, and You get boil yourself it. a nice raw haggis <laughs> all packed inside that intestine, and then you just roast it up, and yum, 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 yum. Oh, I'm going to fucking vomit. So, if you oh, want to see God. Eddie Pence eat haggis, oh. you may want to get your tickets for the June 15th show here in uh, Southern California. Daniel called in about oh. a story we covered yesterday. It was about Arnold Schwarzenegger getting dropped <laughs> in a gymnasium in South Africa. I don't know why that's so funny. It looked really painful and dangerous. But Arnold, being Arnold, shook it off and said uh, he wasn't going to press charges against the guy. Still, it was shocking to see it happen. And uh, Daniel called in with some thanks. Hi, Ralph. Daniel from Kentucky, three-star general. Welcome back, sir. Um, I was calling because I was listening to today's episode, and the guy that drop-kicked Arnold Schwarzenegger, when you played the audio of what he was screaming, until you clarified, I would have sworn the man was not screaming for a Lamborghini, but he was screaming that he needed an Apple Teeny. Like, that's some desperate drunk right there. Uh, Thanks for the clarification, neither of which makes any sense whatsoever. Love you. Mean it. Bye. It almost makes more sense to be demanding an Apple Teeny than it does to be demanding a Lamborghini. (laughs) I went back and listened to the tape, and I could see where Daniel could possibly be confused. Here we go. Help me! I need an Lamborghini! Help me! I need an Lamborghini! Help me! I need an Lamborghini! She's saying, fuck me, I need an Appletini? I need an Appletini! Fuck me, I need an Appletini. It's like uh, an outtake from (laughs) Sex and the City. (laughs) Carrie Bradshaw and one of her girlfriends desperately in need of an Appletini. That's what you do after last call. You just dropkick the bartender. (laughs) That's right. And Gigi called in. Speaking of our live event on June 15th. Hi, Ralph. Gigi here. Um, You've been saying a lot that you need to, or you keep telling Steve to stop drinking. And I respectfully disagree with that. I think the drunker the better. He's awesome. We hung out, my husband and I hung out with him at the last live show, and he was so drunk, and there was a massive amount of inappropriateness, and it was fabulous. So please, don't encourage sobriety on him. Okay, lick my balls. Love you, bye. All right, bye. Gigi, would you just lick my balls? Oh, sounds her, so cute. Her voice saying lick my balls is hilarious. Uh, Gigi, listen. It doesn't matter if I encourage sobriety or not when it comes to Steve Ashton. It's not going to make a no. bit of difference. It's like spitting into the wind. It's like saying, oh, I encourage the waves not to crash up on the shore. I would like them to stay out at sea. It's not going to happen just because I say it. I can only imagine what kind of inappropriateness she is talking about given oh. the condition Steve Ashton was in at the last live show. I mean, it was probably cheek to cheek. I mean, he was just in everybody's face. Yeah, I'm sure it was an ass cheek to a face cheek, too. <laughs> I I I would love to hear more, Gigi. Please call back and let me know exactly what transpired because I lost track of Steve for a little bit during that evening. I and... just remember being on stage and all of us looking over at him and <laughs> just looking. Just what? shrugging. There was nothing we could do. <laughs> just done. At that point, you're out of the plane. 
<laughs> the ground is rapidly approaching you as you plummet, and then you realize that you forgot to pack your parachute. There's really not much you can do at that point. We were committed. Woo! Thanks so much to everybody who checked in. You, too, can be featured on Garmy on the Line, but you know what you got to do. You got to take that first step. You got to call me. Call me. As I mentioned at the top of the show, it's been a while. We've been gone for a little bit. So as a thank you to the folks who stuck around and uh, hung out during that little sabbatical where I went off to tour the UK and Ireland, I thought it'd be fun to play a little game. I could give the uh, one of the members of the Garmy a chance to win some fabulous cash and prizes. Cash not included. And I <laughs> thought it'd be fun to do a UK specific game perfect since i just got back from the uk (laughs) it's a segment called the garmy game show it's time for america's fastest growing quiz sensation the garmy game show with the host that loves you most ralph garmin and the contestant that can win you fabulous prizes eddie Prince. thank you john cooperman Eddie, what member of the Garmy are you playing for today? Uh, Josh Ford. Josh Ford. Where from does he hail Kernersville, from? Kernersville, North Carolina. Kernersville, North Carolina. Josh, Josh Ford, Ford, you are the lucky contestant today. Eddie Pence will be playing on your behalf. And if he wins today, you could be the recipient of some fabulous cash and prizes. Cash not included. So uh, let's find out what you're playing for today, Josh. Oh, Ralph. Why, thank you, Ralph. Today, Josh could win a Ralph Report notepad, an autographed picture of Ralph Garman, and some fabulous The Ralph Report stickers. Back to you, Ralph. Why, thank you so much, Ralph. There you go, Josh. You get the complete (laughs) swag pack. You get a notepad. You get some Ralph Report stickers, and I will even tag a a special photo for yourself, suitable for framing, I'll have you know. Oh, is it 8x10? Absolutely, yes. All that could be yours if Eddie Pence can win today. Now, as I mentioned, today's game will be UK-specific because I just got back from England and Scotland and Ireland, spent a lot of time in the UK, and I thought it'd be appropriate if we played a little game called Brit versus American. Uh, Eddie, when you're over there in the UK, one of the first things you realize is, although we speak the same language, right. more or less, uh, the Brits have many different words for things that we use every day here in America. We have one word for them, and the Brit has another word for them. Okay. So what I'm going to do today is I will read to you the British word for an everyday object. And you need to identify what it is here in America. Okay. Sounds pretty simple, right? For example, I'll give you, I'll give you a, a perfect example. Uh, here, we eat French fries. Right. Over in the UK, they call those chips. Okay. So I knew that you, one. If you go to a fish and chip shop, yeah. you'll get a piece of fried fish and you'll get some French fries, but they call those chips. chips. Can, can that be the first question? It cannot. Damn it. And then conversely... If you're eating potato chips in the UK, yeah. they don't call those chips. They don't. They call them crisps. 
Okay. So if you get a packet of crisps, crisps you're getting a bag of our potato chips. Right. And if you order chips over there, you're okay. going to get French, French fries. fries. So it's that kind of thing. Gotcha. Does that seem uh, explanatory enough that to you? That does. If we get those to be the first two questions, they can't. They will not be. Okay. But I will give you a, a British <laughs> term for something, and then you need to tell us what it is mm. here in America. Okay. All right. Now, if Eddie gets it right, he will hear this. Cheers, mate. <laughs> Is that Steve? No, it's just a guy I got off the internet. <laughs> Cheers, mate. There you go. Cheers, mate. And if Eddie gets it wrong, he'll hear this. Are you having a laugh? Yeah, are you having a laugh? <laughs> the great Ricky Gervais. Now, as always, there will be 10 questions. If Eddie gets just half of them half. right. I'm going to have to get more than half. Just nope. half. Just got to break even. 50%. If you get five correct out of 10, not only will Eddie Pence be a champion, but Josh Ford... There in North Carolina, he will win today's prize pack. All right. I think we've explained this right into the ground. I think we did. And now it's time to play Brit versus American. All right. Are you ready, Eddie Pence? I'm ready. All right, all let's, be. let's begin. At number one, in the UK, uh-huh. the term is flat. Flat. A flat. That's an apartment. That would be an apartment right? here in America. <laughs> there we go. Cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. All right, one for one. There we go. Couldn't be simpler. Perfect. All right, second question. Okay. I feel good now. In the UK, they call this a nappy. Mm. A nappy. Mm. Okay, I don't feel good anymore. What would it be uh, here in America? A knot. Are you having a laugh? No, a nappy would be a diaper. Oh. Here in America, we call it a diaper. There in the UK, they call it a nappy. I don't see how that correlates, but... <laughs> If someone has a dirty nappy, you have to change change their <laughs> deck. Well, yeah, you say it that way. <laughs> All right. Here's question number three. In the UK, they call this a torch. A torch. A torch. What would that be here in the United States it's like of America? like a match, right? A match or a lighter? Are you having a laugh? No, I'm sorry. That'd be a flashlight, Eddie. Oh, a God. flashlight here in America. There's is no known... fire on a flashlight. <laughs> That's a that torch. doesn't make any fucking sense. That's a torch in the UK. That's insane. It's not at all. They just simply have a different. No, that's word insanity. For it. It's not insane at all. It's a torch. It's not a torch. It's a light bulb. <laughs> right. It's not a torch. Please don't argue with the judges. Fuck. No wonder we left. All right. Uh, here at number four. What's the, what's the score? Let's keep a running total. We got one right, two got wrong. One right, two wrong. All right. We got to pick up torch. Pace here. In the UK, God. this game is called Knots and Crosses. Knots and crosses, what do we call it in America? Uh, uh, what, uh what the fuck is the name? Uh, in the UK, it's knots and crosses here in the tic-tac-toe. States. Tic-tac-toe. Cheers, mate. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Tic-tac-toe here in the States <laughs> is known as knots and crosses. <laughs> that one makes there. sense. It does. because Much be, more than torches equal flashlights. Be zeros and uh, Xs, of course. That makes crosses. more sense than tic-tac-toe. All right. We should keep that one. That's two and two right there. In the UK, they call these things braces. They're braces in the UK. What are they here in the States? Braces. Mm-hmm. Mm, braces. Crutches? Are you having a laugh? No, I'm sorry. Suspenders. <laughs> Suspenders that you put on your pants oh, are known as braces. Braces in the hold UK. something from underneath up. The braces hold your pants that, that's up. That's like, no. Well, like suspenders do here Suspen- in the States. Suspenders makes more sense. All right. Here we, we changed. Here we go. In the UK, they call this a lorry. A lorry. A lorry. L-O-R-R-Y. It's a lorry. Oh, in the States, what do we call it? A lorry. 
Lori. I don't know. Uh, fuck. Mm, I don't know. We need, an, we need an answer, please. Any, any an, uh, A sink. Are you having a lot? I don't fucking know. <laughs> that would be a truck. A truck? A truck in the UK is known as a lorry. That makes yes. no sense either. All right. Why is it called a lorry? L-O-R-I or L-O-R-R-Y. A lorry is a truck fucking, in the UK. That's nonsense. All right. What do we got? What's the score? Two to four. I got two right and four wrong. Oh, wow. So you need to get... There's four left. I need to get three of those right. Three of the four left. Okay, here God, we go. All right. It's going to be interesting. <laughs> In the UK, they call this the bonnet. The bonnet? The bonnet. God damn it. What is it here in the States? The bonnet. The bonnet? Yes. I'll give you a little hint. Uh-huh. It is a, it's a part of a car. It's part of an automobile. The bonnet. Hmm. Mm. The bonnet. The, the, the trunk. Are you having a laugh? No, I'm sorry, Eddie. <sighs> the bonnet would be the hood of the automobile. The boot is the trunk, just for uh, just for information purposes. Makes zero sense. All right. We're getting down to it. You got to get I gotta, all I got I got to run the table. All right. In the UK, they call these trainers. When you put on your trainers, what would you call them here in the States if you were putting on your trainers? Pants. Are you having a laugh? I'm sorry. Sneakers. Sneakers was the answer we were looking for. They call sneakers trainers. Because you're training? Because you're training. You wear them when you train. That makes makes sense. That one makes sense, guys. Uh, Let's round out the rest of the list. Sorry, Josh. Um, Fanny. Fanny. Fanny in the UK. What is a fanny Fanny. in the UK? We know here in the States, a fanny would be your butt. Your butt. But in the uh, UK, it means something completely different. What is the fanny? There in the UK. I don't... I don't know. Are you having a laugh? That'd be the vagina, Eddie. The vagina or pussy, if you want to be crude about it. <laughs> That's what the that fanny is, a, is. It's like front fanny would make sense. It is basically the, the front bottom part. We talk about the back bottom, and yeah. they talk about the front bottom. So uh, fanny would be vagina in the UK. So what's our final score? How's that round out? Let's see. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. That's only nine questions. Oh, nine questions. Yeah. Okay. So my bad. So, so I still have a chance to get one more. We still more, got right? one more. Okay. Uh, in the UK, yeah. this is known as a push chair. A push wheelchair. chair. Wheelchair. Wheelchair. Are you having a laugh? No, I'm sorry. That's not be- right. That makes total sense. Okay. Right. That's fucking ridiculous. That that's not a wheelchair. That should totally be a wheelchair. So does a stroller for a kid. For a, for a kid when you're pushing uh, a kid around in a stroller here in the states, yeah, you'd be that... pushing them in a push chair in the UK, which is actually even more accurate than stroller is when you uh, think about it. The push chair is something you push a small fine. child I'll, in. I'll give you that. So there you go. That was Brit bullshit. <laughs> is what that was. Versus fucking American. bullshit. Brit shit. <laughs> I'm sorry, Josh. Sorry, Josh. You didn't win today, but your name's going back into the hopper, and maybe we'll pull you again one day the next time we play the Garmy Game Show. See you next time on the Garmy Game Show. The Garmy Game Show is a Mark Goodson, Bill Todman production. Thank you, John Cooperman. It's two in a row I've lost. Wow.
I've let down two people in a row. You you haven't let anyone I've down. Let we all down. had a good time. We Eddie. did. That's did all we? I'm angry now. We all had a good time. All right, now it's time. Fucking UK. To take a look at the big calendar that hangs here on the Batcave wall. Every day of the calendar year has holidays associated with it, and we like to break them down in a segment called Holiday or Holiday. Holiday or holiday, please tell me what we celebrate, Ralph Garman. All right, today is Wednesday, May 22nd. It is also National Buy a Musical Instrument Day. I think that's a good thing if you want to learn to play it. I agree. It'd be dumb to buy one and then just let it it sit there. I've done that before, though. But have you really? Yeah. (laughs) What did you buy that you never played? I bought a guitar. Well, you play a little guitar. Yeah, but not enough to justify buying that thing. Well, look. And I bought a harmonica. Oh, okay. And that, You've never pl- played that? Yeah, either? but you don't. I didn't learn to play it. Everyone just, you, you just blow on it. You just fool around. And then you're with like, it. okay. And then. I can play two songs on the harmonica. No. I can play the uh, beginning of Piano Man by Billy Joel. <laughs> okay. Oh, uh, three, actually. I can play three. I can play the Hogan's Heroes theme song you from, can? from the old sitcom. Oh. And I can play a little bit of, uh, what's that old time Western song? Rawhide? Bonanza? Red River Valley. Yeah, that song. I can play that a little bit, but that's about it. I'm all for it. If you can learn to play music, that's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. Even if you don't do it semi-professionally or you don't perform, it's enormously fun to learn how to play an instrument, and it gives you a sense of accomplishment. It and helps it, your brain. It's an excellent hobby. So we absolutely agree on Buy a Musical Instrument Day, brought to you by Musical Instrument Stores. <laughs> I can only assume. Who else would be encouraging that? Guitar Center. It's also National Craft Distillery Day. Craft Distillery Day. These are the people who make small batches of spirits, you know, vodkas, whiskeys, that sort of right. thing. The craft brew craze was a big thing for a while. And now we're getting into a craft distillery craze of little companies that make these small boutique batches oh, of yeah, booze. Oh yeah, yeah. For I did a people. show there where I brought you a thing of whiskey. Oh yes, yeah, right. Distillery whiskey from a local distillery in uh, El Segundo. It's down becoming here. quite the yeah. craze. Uh, following in the footsteps of the craft brewers, now folks are making these uh, tiny little batches of booze for people, and it's celebrated on this day, May twenty second. Here's my thing about. <laughs> The whole craft craze. (laughs) It's a lovely hobby. And for people who like to make beer, I had a friend of mine who loved, that was one of his favorite things. Yeah, they do it in their kitchen. Yeah. yeah. It was a big, fun thing for him to do. If you like to make beer, or now you like to make vodka or whiskey or what have you, it's fine. But let's not pretend that it's all that much better than the stuff you can buy at your local BevMo or your local liquor store or your beer distributor right. or wherever you Just go. Just because it's on a smaller scale doesn't right. mean it's doesn't better. Right, doesn't make it all that special or the, all that much more better than the stuff that you can get that's mass produced. Or you're throwing like raspberry flavor into it or whatever you oh, do. Oh, don't get me started. <laughs> On that shit. Oh, let's make new honey cinnamon whiskey. No, I don't need honey cinnamon whiskey. I just like my whiskey to be whiskey flavored. Thank you that's so only, much. That, come, that comes from the whole craft craze, right? All that just adding weird flavors yes, into shit. Yes, right. To yeah. make it unique and special. And all I found it has created is a new breed of douchebag. <laughs> because I know people now, especially when it comes to beers, they, oh, what are you drinking? Oh, a Stella? Pfft, uh, 
I have a, a craft brew that I love that's made by two legless guys in Pacoima. And <laughs> they roll around on skateboards, <laughs> dragging the hops behind them. And, oh, it's just heavenly. Shut up. It's not that much better than any beer I can get in any bar or restaurant or liquor store anywhere else in the world. Okay? It's like somebody saying... Oh, you eat spaghetti at an Italian restaurant? No, I have to go to a little Italian man's house and I eat it in the back alley because he <laughs> makes it one strand at a time. Let's not get nuts. There's no reason to be douchebaggy about all this stuff. It's all okay? basically the same right. shit. It's, even the best craft distilled whiskey, I'm telling you, isn't all that much better than a glass of Jack Daniels or Bushmills or something else. that I'm. And you're paying at. a jacked up price for it. That's the other side of it, too. You do pay a premium because it's more expensive because they're making... On a smaller scale. Right, exactly. So, okay, you can have your day, craft distillery day, but let, I'm watching you. I got my eye on you, all right? Just let it be known. I'll give you a bell. Just don't get too full of yourself. Speaking of booze, today is World Paloma Day. World Paloma. Paloma. The Paloma. What's You're the an Paloma? old bartender. You don't remember what a Paloma no. is? Is that the... Uh... Shit, I can't think of the word. Not the bar. Not the bar. Look. Never mind. You're right. Yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> Had a mini stroke. <laughs> a Paloma is tequila and grapefruit and no, soda. It's not at all what I thought it what was. What it is? The not Paloma. What I, I thought it was the uh, bar you put your foot on at the bottom of the bar. <laughs> nope, that would not be it well, at all. I just think that'd be the footrest. I guess it's it? the footrest. Yeah. I guess, but it could be English. I don't know. <laughs> it could, it could be, be the fucking UK in version. The UK, of it. they might call it, it a makes Paloma. Makes no fucking sense. Uh, the Paloma is originally it was made with. Tequila and grapefruit soda, but it's not easy to come by that grapefruit soda these days. So now it's usually uh, tequila and then grapefruit juice with a splash of soda. The very first grapefruit soda, by the way, I'll have you know, was made in the United States in 1938, Eddie. I did not know that. I didn't either, nor did I really care. <laughs> and then that soda made its way to Mexico in the 50s, and then down in Mexico, they started mixing it with tequila, as they are wont to do down in Mexico. <laughs> with everything. They'll mix everything with tequila. And the Paloma was born, and people still enjoy it to this day. Hmm. So it's World Paloma Day. Eh, all right, if you have to. I guess. I, don't, I, guess. I can't partake. You, you're not. You're not, I'm uh, not going one to. of those people. I'm not a big tequila drinker myself, but who am I to pee in somebody's oh, Paloma? Yeah, I don't shit on their Paloma. It's also National Maritime Day. It's the day we salute the maritime industry, one of the oldest industries in these United States. I mean, think about it. That's where how everything got around at one time. It's all shipping, right? Shipping was yeah. everything before the trains or anything. It was uh, all about yeah, shipping. Yeah, they had to drive those boats across country. <laughs> you don't want to do That's that. how they had to get them there before the trains. No, they would They would just go to ports. Everything yeah. would be shipped through a port, and then you'd put it on the back of like a horse yeah, and buggy. Yeah, drag and it shit. across the country. It was madness. <laughs> anyway, and uh, May 22nd is the date that the American steamship, the Savannah, set sail from Savannah, Georgia, and made the first trans-oceanic voyage fueled by steam. So on this day, the United States Congress said, we're going to celebrate National Maritime Day for all the sailors out there who bring us all those goods. What an awful trip that must have been. Oh, can you imagine? Just on that boat with steam and coal. and just. I'm not a big boat fan in Neither general. Neither am I. And I can't imagine sailing across the ocean. Yeah. How long that must have taken and just the conditions you must have you must put up with when you're making and a just relying like on somebody looking at stars and a compass to yeah. get you where you're going i guess <laughs> fuck that they, but they've earned a day i think yeah they have they did all that i wouldn't have done it today's also national solitaire day solitaire the card game has been around for more than 200 years eddie 
You ever play Solitaire? I have, mostly on the computer, not with real cards. Well, it's funny you should mention that because uh, it was played with playing cards, of course, for many of those years. But then the game exploded in 1990 when Microsoft introduced Solitaire in Windows 3.0. That's how I learned how to play Solitaire. And it was at that moment that the game truly went viral. Uh, Solitaire initially was a way for Microsoft to help people learn how to use a mouse on a computer. Oh. Because they would give you, condition you to learn how to pick up and then drop right. cards in a pile. A lot of people who, early on in the days of computers right. had no idea how to use that weird round thing at <laughs> the end like of the wire. like that would take 10 seconds to pick up. Well, those were different times. I guess. And now it has ended up becoming one of the most played video games in history. You don't think about it in terms of the other big video right. game monsters, but it's been around forever. You just sit there forever. and play it for hours and realize the day Day's gone. Absolutely true. So happy Solitaire Day, everybody. I play a different game of Solitaire. It also involves a video, but usually it's uh, it's a little three-minute clip that I find. And then a lot I of play pulling Soli- and dragging. I play <laughs> so a lot of pulling and dragging. I, I learned how to use my own mouse <laughs> playing my own version of Solitaire watching different kinds of videos. Use a sock instead of a mouse pad. I'll dare I you. did it. I went there. And lastly, you know, I love to save the food-related holidays for last because it's always a question whether Eddie Pence will eat something or not. Mm -hmm. This is genuinely a coin flip. Usually I have a sense one way or the other. Not that it's always right. I'm surprised sometimes. But this one, I was like, wow, it's got some things he likes and some things I don't think he does. And it's just a big question mark. So what I'll do is I'll describe the holiday. Then we will pull the handle of the patented Eddie Pence jackpot slot machine. If it comes up three of that particular item... Well, then there's a big payout and there's much rejoicing. However, if the third reel turns out not to be this item, then it means Eddie Pence will not eat. It's just that simple. Today, May 22nd, is National Vanilla Pudding Day. A delicious dish of cold, creamy vanilla pudding. Is there a better dessert around, a more simple, pure dessert than vanilla pudding. <laughs> well, let's not oversell Come it. Come on. That's a better dessert than vanilla no, pudding. I'm not I'm saying better, but a more pure, simple, clean uh, dessert. Saying, it's it's uncomplicated. Okay, it's you, satisfying. You don't got to oversell it. You don't got to. It's satisfying. It is comfort food. Okay, calm down. Really, how many of us have vanilla great pudding. childhood memories of a cold, creamy cup of vanilla pudding? Right. Even the, the ones you pull the, the lid yeah, off the of in the fridge. Packs. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, good stuff right I know. there. Here's the funny thing about uh, puddings. Originally, puddings were made out of uh, meat and seasonings and herbs and spices. That's why now, back to the UK again, still, if you get black pudding... It's blood. It's not not, meat, it's blood. There's meat in there as well. Well, Because that's... (laughs) Mostly what they call offal, which means it's the heart and lungs and stuff like that, but... It's all chopped the up, fuck? and they add their That's spices. That's the stuff you throw away. No, you chop it no, up. You, you add throw your it away. spices and your grains, and you cook it up in a in a stomach or an intestine. No, and you get yourself a delicious pudding. No. So uh, it was towards the end of the 18th century they started to change it to become something sweet. They'd add nuts or fruit or something like that. And now uh, pudding, as we know it, is basically a version of custard, but. Interestingly enough, Alfred Bird was the man who invented pudding because his wife was allergic to eggs. And so he took the eggs out of custard and called what was left pudding in 1837. And then later on in the States, of course, instant pudding came along and it became a very popular dessert. Jello instant yeah, pudding. Changed and, lunches forever. Uh, Mighty Fine was another, uh, another brand. So we got pudding that we know and love from our childhood and even to this day. However, do we all love it? That's the question. Does the vice host love it? There's only one way to find out. we got to pull the handle and see what happens. Does Eddie Pence eat vanilla pudding? 
There we go. One pudding, two pudding, three pudding! Hey, everybody! Hey, hey, but it's, pudding. it's okay. Let's calm down. It's good. Oh, we don't have to oversell it like, it like it's the greatest dessert of all time. I didn't say it's the greatest, but it is such a simple pleasure. Yeah, but you said, a, is there a better dessert? Is, and I'm like, yes, there is. Well, that... Uh, it's a good dessert. It's a really good dessert. It's it's just a, it's a rock-solid comfort food dessert. <laughs> okay, that I'm seriously. always happy to see a bowl of pudding. <laughs> and I think I prefer vanilla pudding to chocolate pudding. You do. Although I prefer chocolate as a flavor in general. I, I think I like the, the lightness of a vanilla pudding so that's more weird, than That's weird because like, like a really good vanilla milkshake, I will take over a chocolate milkshake. Sometimes. I think in specific foods. Like vanilla, a really good vanilla milkshake. Vanilla gets, gets a bad rap no, for being no, boring and no, plain. No, it's not. It is not boring. But if it's a really good, well done vanilla, yeah. I'm all for I'll it. Give you so. that. Look at you. I don't have to feed you vanilla pudding no. at the live you event. Could. Oh, I hate vanilla pudding. <laughs> oh, you fuck that. spit it all don't over Don't give me everybody. that. Give me haggis. No, uh, you're getting something. Oh, Trust me. God damn it. That's it for today's holiday for Holiday. Now it's time for all the entertainment news in a segment I call the Showbiz Beat. I thought this list was interesting because everybody uh, the past couple of weeks has been talking about these high-profile series-ending finales on television. Yeah. Right? We uh, talked yesterday about the Big Bang Theory, which finally said goodbye after 47 seasons on television. Game of Thrones, Game of, of course. Thrones, perhaps yeah. that series finale, one of the biggest TV happenings in the past 10 years or so. Right? Yeah. Sopranos was another big one everybody talks about. This is an interesting list. Not only because it shows you how insane we all are as a society, but also the difference of the time we live in when it comes to television. And I'll tell you what I'm talking about. Big Bang Theory, for example, garnered about 18 million viewers in its series finale episode. It's a pretty big audience. Yeah, it's pretty big. Game of Thrones did a little bit better than that. Around 19 million people tuned in to watch that finale. And that's crazy because that's... Pay, that's HBO. That's HBO. You got to pay a couple bucks yeah. to uh, to watch that. However, if you look at television in general, you realize people are making a big deal out of something that may not be as big a deal as we think. Here's a list of other TV shows, the series finales of other TV shows that crushed these shows. <laughs> and it shows you what it was like living in a world where there were three networks. Yeah. Versus all of the different kind of media that we can absorb now, okay? I'm going to give you some of the TV shows, and you're going to be surprised to know their series finales dwarfed these. MacGyver. <laughs> the series finale really? of MacGyver brought 22 million viewers to that final Wow, episode. I did not know so that. So that beat Game of Thrones and Big Bang Theory. So I guess what I'm saying is everyone calm the fuck down because <laughs> MacGyver beat you, okay? That's all you need to know. <laughs> The final episode of The Golden Girls, 27 million Well, viewers. that's justified. That was a wonderful TV show. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, Golden Girls was great. Wow. I never would have pegged you as a Golden Girls I fan. I love The Golden Girls. That's, I, I find out new special <laughs> information about great, you every That's show. a great sitcom. Uh, Happy Days. The last episode of Happy Days in 1984, 31 million viewers. Damn. Frasier, when it said goodbye. 
In 2004, 34 million viewers. And that was a pretty big thing because there was cable. There was other multiple. I mean, it wasn't like the 80s and 90s. Right. When, there were other things to watch. Yeah. That's, besides that's, NBC back in 2004. But that's 34 impressive. million people tuned in to say goodbye to Frasier. That's impressive. Home Improvement did better than Frasier. 36 million people turned in to watch that. All in the Family back at the end of the 70s. 40 million people. Magnum P.I. The final episode of Magnum P.I. in 1988. 51 million Holy people watched. Balls. Friends in 2004 on NBC. 53 million tuned in. And then we get to the big guns. Seinfeld. 76 million viewers Holy for the final crap. episode of that series. 76 million That's people. insane. Cheers is second of all time. In 1993, when that show said goodbye, 80 million people tuned in to watch the final episode of Cheers. Wow. And the number one TV show finale of all time, by far. It's never going to be beat. It will never be beat. Never be beat. Yeah. You know what it is? MASH. MASH, absolutely. The final episode of MASH had 106 million viewers tuning in. That will never be beat. 106 million versus... 19 million. Yeah. I just want to give everyone a little perspective. But back even when Ma- I think there was three stations with MASH. Some of those other true. ones, there was at least four. Yes. But there wasn't nearly the mania no. about the goodbye of MASH. No. Because people had other things going on in their lives, and it was just television. People noticed, and they watched, but they didn't well, we were- They didn't start writing petitions saying, you need to rewrite the final season of MASH <laughs> because I don't like the way Hawkeye said goodbye to yeah. BJ Honeycutt. <laughs> you fucks. <laughs> Well, it's it's weird because we're so fractured now as a society, and a lot of that I think has to do with our like entertainment. Like we go to different places, we don't have a collective sort of like I've point said, of reference I've for said everybody that for a long time. That we have lost our cultural touchstones. You know, if I meet somebody roughly my age, we can sit down and talk about Happy Days yeah. or Mash or whatever it was we were watching because everybody was watching the same things, and we have a communal experience. Yeah, when it goes it comes to back to like. Like primitive stuff when we sit around the fire and talk and tell stories, yeah. it's that's what TV was, and now it's so fractured. We now don't have that anymore. We're we're a million different tribes. Yeah, now. That's, that's exactly what it is. It's craziness. Well, this is uh, no surprise. Didn't take long to announce this. John Wick Four has just been confirmed. Oh, I just saw that after night. its big opening weekend. I just saw it. What'd you think? It was great. Was it great? It yeah. was great. And it needs a four because the way they ended I heard it. apparently they've set it up for four. Oh yeah, there's yeah. John Wick Chapter 3, Parabellum, did very well in its opening weekend with uh, $57 million. The first 25 minutes of that movie are insane. That's good to know. Uh, Lionsgate has just announced, you have served, you will be of service. John Wick Chapter 4 is coming May 21st, 2021. So two years and a day from now, we will get the next John Wick movie and Everyone will be very. Happy. Seems like it's going the Fast and Furious route, where they're just going to make a thousand of these. Why not? Yeah, with that kind of money. We were just talking about petitions. The latest crazy petition over there uh, on Change.org to remove Robert Pattinson from his role as Batman. Just let it go. No, sir. We will not. Let him be a sparkly Batman. He just must enjoy it. not have a job. <laughs> we have not seen a frame of film, and yet we deny him his oh. right to be in a movie because this is important. Because this is what we care about. Fight for civil rights or people Whatever. against homelessness or hunger. Who gives a shit who Batman is? Forget about black man. I need oh, Batman. God. That's what they're saying, Eddie. Yeah, God. it's it's insane. Um, a lot of people, by the way, on those... Uh, this is at uh, change.org. On these petitions are, are clamoring for Army Hammer. 
to be the next Batman. Well, the Lone Ranger? The Lone Ranger, yeah. <laughs> Great. That's a much better choice. Speaking of Batman, this was an interesting list. It was a company called Vanquis, and they do, uh, you know, number crunching, basically, is what they do, and they release a lot of lists, yeah. and they have released the definitive collection of Batman on screen in terms of the most successful, excuse me, successful and interesting performances of Batman. Here's how they break it down. Of course, it's the 80th anniversary of the Cape Crusader, so a lot of people are talking about this character. But based on the individual films, they have broken it down down into categories as most violent, deadliest, most effective, and most prepared Batman on the big screen. Okay. So here's uh, how it shakes down. The most violent Batman in films was Ben Affleck's Batman. He beat up 48 villains in Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice. That works out to be a punch every three minutes of the 151 really? minutes. Yes. I didn't notice that. He beat up a lot of people. Okay. Now, if you include police officers, then Christian Bale's Batman ties with Batfleck because he knocked out 44 bad guys, but also beat up four cops in <laughs> Batman Begins. So there you go. Uh, most deadly Batman would be Christian Bale's Cape Crusader. He has the highest body count for one movie. He killed 25 League of Shadow Warriors through unintended arson oh, at yeah. Wayne Manor That's in right. Batman Begins. That's he right. burnt that building to the ground and they all died inside <laughs> of it. So very, very deadly. The most effective Batman of all time, uh-huh. I'll have you know, Adam West's Batman because he managed to apprehend four supervillains in 104 minutes in his 1966 feature film. Oh, he's the only one who got the job done. Exactly. He captured four <laughs> supervillains in about an hour and a half. The most effective Batman. And I'm happy to say he's also the most prepared Batman because he used 11 gadgets and four vehicles in his movie, the most ever used by Batman he had in a shark repellent. Film. You can't be more prepared than having shark repellent. Exactly. And he had the bat boat, the bat copter, the bat mobile, and the bat cycle. So. And everything was perfectly labeled. Of course. Well, how do you find your bat stuff? If the cave is dark, you need to have clear labeling so you can grab things quickly Definitely. so you can apprehend four Definitely films. the most Boy Scoutish of the Batman. Yes. I heard you take uh, you take shots at Batman over on that other podcast that you do. We well, no, it started with Freddie Roach. You and the Jerry, tra- you the, Jerry you Roach, you and the trainer, no. the boxing trainer, have your own podcast. <laughs> apparently, all we did is one time we drafted our own Justice Leagues, uh-huh. and neither one of us drafted Batman into our Justice League. A pretty good guy to have on your team, I would. Well, think. no, I took I would take the Adam over Batman. Oh. He can really? go in your head and just blow you up. It's true. He can get he can get very small. So that's what I was saying. That's all that. that happened. And then we just made jokes that he was dropping like Aaron Rodgers in the first round. <laughs> I see. But look what happened to Aaron Rodgers. We took some shots. Hall of Famer. We took some shots. Well, I'm saying, just because you don't draft him doesn't mean he's not awesome. <laughs> all right. You know, we live in a world where everyone has a podcast now. We were talking about Freddie Roach has one with uh, Jerry Rocha. And now I think we've come to the end. I think we've come to the last podcast. Really? I or what we, should be. <laughs> we already got to that point. How dare you, sir? You talking about this one? <laughs> I, I, I could, I, I made you. I can destroy you, sir. <laughs> Never forget I'll that. I'll go back to the hole I came from. <laughs> That's right. And now we've reached the final podcast. This is the last one. There can't be any more after this. Who? Who? Today is the debut of a brand new podcast, Eddie. That is a spinoff of the Goop podcast. Oh, fuck me. You know, Gwyneth Paltrow's uh-huh. With the eggs multi-billion dollar industry goop. And the hoo-ha. They have their own podcast. Now they've got a spinoff 
Because I think they have pretty much saturated the female audience. Now they're trying to get a brand new audience. They're going after us men. In a new podcast called Goop Fellas. Oh, God. Goop Fellas has two guys, a functional medicine practitioner. What does that mean? It's not a doctor. A I'll functional medical practitioner? I know what it's not. He's not a doctor. <laughs> if he has to call himself a functional medicine practitioner. That should be illegal. His name is Will Cole. And there is a chef called Seamus Mullen. And these two friends get together and they talk about your personal transformation through a better lifestyle, Eddie, via the Goop way. What, do you have to put something in your ass? Would you like to hear a little yes, of the Goop Yes, I would podcast? absolutely love to hear I some I pulled of the... a little audio. Okay. Here are these two guys talking about... The, these are the Goop fellas <laughs> talking about the goopiest things they've ever done, which isn't nearly as dirty as it sounds. Here is Seamus and Will talking oh, about that their... That sounds like a Seamus and Will podcast. Talking about their respective uh, Goop experiences. So, Seamus, what's the goopiest thing you've ever done? Good, <laughs> the goopiest thing. You know, I have to say, I just recently got back from Bali and I did this really weird, bizarre sound bath thingy where I laid on a waterbed in a pyramid and some crazy Estonian guy bounced around the room playing didgeridoo and gongs and there was a light show and all this woo-woo stuff. And it was pretty freaking amazing. I actually, like, totally tripped out. So, I don't know. What about you? Poop pills? I actually have done that, too, in Bali. Oh, you've done it? No. Okay. No, I was going to say. <laughs> My job is talking about poop transplants uh, and parasite therapy. So I live here. What <laughs> Literally is happening? worms into your gut. No. Oh my God. Yeah. What? Yeah. Well, he believes in poop transplants, Eddie. If you take fecal matter from one person. No, you it, don't put it back into somebody else. You do. You insert it into the alimentary canal of another person. And that bacteria actually helps your own gut process. Oh, I hope all these people die of some sort of dysentery. And don't forget the parasite therapy. Also, if you put tapeworms and other sort of uh, parasitic creatures into your into your intestinal system, Apparently, that has great benefits as well. Until you die. Well, look. Into every life, a little rain must fall. (laughs) That's insanity. No treatment is perfect. Everything has a side effect. Do they play that awful music under the whole podcast? They do indeed, sir. Yes. We need to do that. So those are your your goop fellas there. Those guys. You take poop out of someone's butt and put it into someone else's butt. And then you sit there for how long with other people's poop in your butt? As long as it takes. Until you have to poop and then you poop out their poop? (laughs) Well, I don't know. I'm not quite sure exactly how it works. I haven't really listened to the whole podcast That's fucking crazy. But you missed the whole part about the guy laying on the waterbed. Because someone else put someone else's poop in their butt. This guy's playing a didgeridoo and hitting God. Gongs around them. Yeah, that's, but that's no better. <laughs> you're burying the lead with poop in the butt. Well, on the live show on June fifteenth, we're not everyone, we're not switching poop. I'm gonna give Eddie some of my poop. <laughs> no, we're we're not gonna see. Doing we're that. gonna see how, how well it works for That's him. crazy. Yeah. Fuck them. Now the Ralph board doesn't seem so bad, does no. it, folks? You're goddamn right. God damn it. All right. Let's take a look at today's celebrity birthdays. Oh. All these stars born on this day, May twenty second. Actor Al Corley. From Dynasty is 64 years old today. Actor and movie director Richard Benjamin is 81. He used to work a ton in the 70s. He was in uh, Goodbye Columbus, the film. He was in the original Westworld. If you ever saw that, him and James Brolin play the two guys who go into Westworld. And then he went behind the camera and started directing. He made some great films, by the way. My favorite year, if you ever saw that with Peter O'Toole. I did. Yeah, yeah. That's a great movie. He directed that. Money Pit with Tom Hanks That's was a great also movie. his. Racing with the Moon with Sean Penn and Nicolas Cage is a little scene, but I really like that movie. He also responsible for that. 81 years old today. Songwriter Bernie Taupin is 69 years old today. 
you know, with all the talk about Elton John now because of that Rocket Man movie that's coming out, mm-hmm. I hope they give Bernie Taupin his due because the guy is as important a part of the Elton John legend as Elton John himself. I mean, all of the hits that Elton John had would not exist without Bernie Taupin. And the backstory of how these guys started working together is insane. In 1967, Bernie Taupin answered an ad in the New Musical Express, which is a musical uh, newspaper magazine there in the UK. And Liberty Records, the A&R department, was looking for new talent. So he showed up and dropped off some of his poems and lyrics. He didn't get the gig. And then a guy named Elton John shows up. He didn't get the gig either, and he told the guy behind the desk during the meeting, he said, I just write music. I don't write lyrics. I, I'm not good at it. So the guy said, well, you don't, you don't get the gig. You won't be working with Liberty Records, but here, take these. Maybe these will help, and gave him an unopened envelope full of lyrics and poetry by a guy named Bernie Taupin. Really? So Elton John starts reading this on the tube on the way home and likes the stuff and contacts him, and they just start working together out of sheer happenstance. Wow. Just luck that that brought those two guys together. Yeah, his career wouldn't have been anywhere near the same. Let me tell you the lyrics Bernie Taupin wrote for Elton John's songs, okay? He wrote the lyrics for the following. Rocket Man, Levon, Crocodile Rock, Honky Cat, Tiny Dancer, Candle in the Wind, Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting, Benny and the Jets, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, don't let the sun go down on me. The bitch is back. Daniel, I'm still standing. I guess that's why they call it the blues. I mean, it just goes that's everything. on and on. Almost every hit Elton John has ever had. Largely, Bernie Taupin is responsible for the success wow. of Wow. This was their first hit song back in 1970. This is the thing that started it all. And you can tell everybody This is your song it may be quite simple, but now that it's done, I hope you don't mind, I hope you don't mind that I put down the words, how wonderful life is while you're in Not a bad uh, song to start things off no, with if you're looking for a career. Pretty lyrics. Yeah. Actress Ann Kuzak is 58 years old today from League of Their Own and a bunch of TV shows and movies. Of course, the sister of John Kuzak. Model Naomi Campbell is 49 years old today. Singer Morrissey, the happiest guy in the world. <laughs> he is 60 years old today. How does Morrissey celebrate a birthday? Is there any celebrating? He's just a black cake. Does he even show up? With a burnout candle. <laughs> I don't even think he shows up. Every day is like Sunday. Every day is silent and He's a party in a box. So that much guy. fun, that dude. <laughs> really so is. much fun. Just summer listening all summer long. Actor Sean Gunn, brother of the director James Gunn from Guardians of the Galaxy and Gilmore Girls. He's 45 years old today. Actress Jennifer Goodwin from Once Upon a Time and Big Love. She is 41. Singer Johnny Gill at one time, member of New Edition. Then he broke out on his own and made some really smooth R&B songs. He is 53 years old today. I just want to let you know you got to change your mind, 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 mind. Yeah, baby. 
That song just makes you want to say, yeah, baby. <laughs> yeah, baby. Actress Maggie <laughs> Q is 40 years old. Carmen Bicondova. She played Catwoman on the Gotham TV series. She is 20 years old. And guitarist Jesse Valenzuela of a band called the Gin Blossoms out of Arizona. 57 years old today. I loved the Gin Blossoms back in the day. That album, the debut album, what? I don't know if it was their first one or not, but it's called New Miserable Experience and had this smash hit song on it. That whole album is good. Did they do Mrs. Robinson? They did a remake. Of, was that the ones? No, that was uh, the, the Lemonheads. Oh, Lemonheads. Was that yeah. Lemonheads? Evan Dando's Lemonheads. No. Great band. It's still a good band. It is a good band. So, uh, happy birthday to you, sir. I'm Ralph Garman. I walk the showbiz beat. And speaking of music, it is Wednesday, and around here, Wednesdays have taken on a very special meaning because it's One Hit Wonder Wednesday. It's the One Hit Wonder. One Hit Wonder. One Hit Wonders. It's a very common tale. Today's One Hit Wonder probably is the most requested one we've ever had here on the Ralph Report, so I thought it was about high time we got around to it. Really? I've got a long relationship with this song. Back in my radio days, this song was the punchline to many a joke that I used to do on the morning show. I used to tell a shaggy dog story, and invariably, the punchline would rhyme with the title of this song, and I would sing it out loud, (laughs) much to the chagrin and anger of the guys who I was working on the show with. <laughs> this is a song by a guy named Johann Hotzel. He is from Vienna in Austria. And this guy always wanted to be a pop star from a very early age. At the age of 16, he was at the Vienna Conservatory and then uh, shortly dropped out. He was frustrated by the kind of music they were teaching there. And in the late 1970s, he became part of the Viennese nightlife and played bass guitar in a number of bands under different names. But it's when he broke out as a solo artist that his career first took off. He had a hit song throughout uh, Germany and Austria and much of Europe called Der Kommissar, but it never broke through in America or in England, at least not until another band called After the Fire covered that song with new English lyrics, and this version charted at number five here in the United States and also was a hit in the UK. So he was frustrated but inspired, thinking that his music maybe could reach an audience in the UK and here in America, and the song that he recorded for his third album did the trick. It's a song called Rock Me Amadeus, and by this time, Johan Hotzel had changed his name to Falco, (laughs) and Rock Me Amadeus became a smash hit song around the world, and now for him, including the United States and England. It remains to this day the only German song ever to hit number one on the charts in the United really? States. The only German language song. Yeah. 99 Loft Balloon? Didn't make it? number one. Really? It was a hit, but didn't make wow. it to number one. Uh, originally, this song was released on the album Falco 3, which was his third album, in an eight-minute version oh. <laughs> called the song. Salieri Mix. <laughs> now, the song uh, Wolfgang, uh, the Rock Me Amadeus was based on Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart, And Falco was inspired by the movie Amadeus to write the song. And so the eight-minute version had a spoken word section that told you the the story of Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. That's a bit much. It would go on and on, giving you little factoids (laughs) about Mozart for about... 
four minutes, and then the rest of the four minutes was, was the, the song. song itself. For those who remember <laughs> that version, here's a little of the eight-minute-long version of Rock Me Amadeus. 1756, Salzburg, January 27th, Wolfgang Amadeus is born. 1761, at the age of five, Amadeus begins composing. 1773, he writes his first piano concerto. 1782, Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart marries Constance Weber. 1784, Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart becomes a Freemason. 1791, Mozart composes the Magic Flute. On December 5th of that same year, Mozart dies. 1985, Austrian rock singer Falco records... Yeah, that was the long version. I like how he included himself in Amadeus' history. <laughs> That's right. Everything was building up to this moment when I finally released Rocky Amadeus. And it all made sense. The entire life came to a fruition. Oh, man. Believe it or not, <laughs> there were 19 versions of this song that were released. That's 18 That was too just many. one of them. There was the original German version. There was an extended version that was the German version. There was the one that we played. There was an American edit, a Canadian edit, a club mix, a radio remix, an instrumental version, on and on and on. But it was the American edit that became the hit that we know and love. Here it is. Rock me, Amadeus. Superstar. It's my favorite part of that. <laughs> like when the English words just kind of slip out. It's a pretty language, isn't it, German? It's very beautiful. Oh. That and Russian are just oh beautiful languages. So romantic. <laughs> anyway, that was the big hit for Falco. It was an international sensation. As I mentioned, number one here in the States as of uh, March 29th, 1986, but also number one in Austria, number two in Belgium. Number two in Canada. I'm sorry, number one in Canada. Number two in Italy. Number one in Germany and Ireland and New Zealand and South Africa and Spain and Sweden. It was one of the biggest songs of the 1980s. Still considered perhaps the greatest one-hit wonder of all time. And then Falco died about 12 years later in a car accident. Did so, he put uh, that in the song? He did not mention oh, that. He no. mentioned that. <laughs> Wolfgang, Wolfgang Amadeus <laughs> Mozart should come back and release a new song. <laughs> that was today's one-hit wonder. One-Hit Wonder. One-Hit Wonder. One-Hit Wonders. It's a very common tale. Thanks so much for joining us today. Tomorrow is Thursday. That means we fling open the doors of that esteemed Institute of Learning, Ralph Sex University. More entertainment news. 
and more of me putting my poop up inside Eddie's butt. <laughs> Gross, We're going to do a little poop transplant <laughs> tomorrow live on the show. You're not going to want to miss it. How can that possibly be it good for anyone? Be, that's got to be illegal. I'm going to look on YouTube to see if there's a self-help video for how to transplant your poop into someone else. And we'll try to get on that tomorrow. A balloon. Come on back and join us. Love you. Mean it. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>